You've come to the right place. If you're a course creator looking to build more impact, income, and freedom, LMSCast is the number one podcast for course creators just like you. I'm your guide, Chris Badgett. I'm the co-founder of the most powerful tool for building, selling, and protecting engaging online courses called Lifter LMS. Enjoy the show. Hello and welcome back to another episode of LMS Cast. I'm joined today with a special guest, Lifter LMS co-founder, Thomas Levy. Thomas, welcome to the, back on the show. Thank you, Chris. <laughs> today we're going to be talking about Gutenberg and your WordPress LMS. Here at Lifter LMS, um, we're leading the charge with Gutenberg and helping in the transition. And part of that is just educating what Gutenberg means, which is WordPress 5.0? Uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, it will be in 5.0, but that's, I guess, the main feature. There's some other stuff going on in there, but yeah, it'll be 5.0. So That'd that... Public. Yeah, that's rolling out soon. It's estimated to roll out on, I believe, November 19. But they may delay it. We don't know. But uh, we've been getting ready for it. But first, we want to do some education around what it is and what it means for Lifter. And, you know, Thomas has had Gutenberg up for a while. He's been working with it to develop blocks with Lifter. And we're going to just kind of, let's just start by explaining the terminology of what, what are the pieces that make it, what is Gutenberg and what are the components that it creates? Sure. Um, So Gutenberg has been out for a while now um, as a feature plugin. Uh, So anybody who wants right now today, you could go to like WordPress.org, grab the um, the Gutenberg plugin, install it on your site. You have the option to, when you're creating new posts and pages, to flip between the classic editor, which is what you see now, uh, and Gutenberg, the Gutenberg editor. Um, so essentially, it's just a, a re-envisioning of the uh, post page content creation tools inside WordPress. Uh, what we have today is just kind of something very similar to what you might find in Microsoft Word. It's a WYSIWYG editor. It's what you see is what you get. W Y S I W Y G. It's been the same for like ten years, right? More or less. Yeah, I don't. I mean, I don't know if it's ten years. Um, yeah, I mean, I guess, I guess, probably ten years, ten-ish years. I started using WordPress in two thousand seven, two thousand eight. And yeah, there's a WYSIWYG editor there. So um, I mean, I, I think there's been modifications. We've seen some uh, like changes to the overall interface. But yeah, I, I think the feature set has been the, the basic thing since yeah, I guess probably about ten years. Maybe I guess more than that probably. Um, at the time, I mean, it was a huge innovation um, over writing HTML essentially. Um, but uh, I think what we've learned, uh, what we've seen page builders innovate on is that uh, the WYSIWYG editor is a giant abstraction from your website. Um, and by that, I mean, uh, you can see that text is bold, underlined, italics, uh, larger with headlines, smaller with body content. Um, but what you see is not exactly what you get. Exactly. Yeah. So, um, yeah, exactly. So, I mean, if, if you look at, like, say, the 2010 theme, and you use the WYSIWYG editor, what you see is pretty much what you get. Uh, but then, you know, theme development has come a long way in the past 10 years. And what you see it, exactly, it's not exactly what you get. Uh, because you need to do like kind of this mental translation of what you see on the editor um, versus like how styles of your theme are going to be applied to it, layout, things like sidebars. 
Um, if you're using short codes, um, you're looking, staring at this little tiny block of weird HTML-like stuff, um, but then that actually generates something completely different on the front end. So yeah, what you see is not what you get um, exactly. And I think Gutenberg is a step towards um, kind of throwing away the idea of what you see is what you get. Um, there's a huge push towards structured data. Um, what does that mean? <laughs> yeah, it's complicated. A, a really easy example of structured data is um, like one of the one of the early Gutenberg examples was a recipe card. So imagine you have like a cooking blog. Um, and again, this is a simplified example, but imagine you have a cooking cooking blog. Um, you can have uh, like every one of your blog posts is probably going to be a recipe. Maybe not everyone, but you're going to have recipe blog posts, obviously. Um, so a recipe card might look like uh, the, the, the data in that recipe card is like a title um, and then uh, a couple sections. So you'll have like an ingredients list, a preparation, a set of preparation steps, and then a set of cooking steps. So you got like three headlines there. Um, so that's kind of, and, and then below each one of those headlines, you'll have your actual list of ingredients, which will be like a bulleted list probably. Um, and then your preparation steps will be like a one, two, three, four, five, like a, a numbered list of the different steps you need to take. And then your cooking instructions are going to be another numbered list. Um, and then maybe you'll have like some pictures or something like a, a, the picture of the finished recipe. Um, so if you, if you go to like, uh, I think it's like called Gutenberg examples. It's a plugin that like the WordPress, like automatic created to help show examples of what you can do with Gutenberg. There's a recipe card block. So you drag that over into your editor um, and it kind of pre-fills those headlines for you and your, your, your structured data is ready. Um, so that's the format of your data. Um, and you, you get to enter whatever you want, but it helps you organize your data in a, in a structured, structured manner, um, which is the way we think as developers. Um, we're always thinking in, in structured data like that, um, but it helps make it really simple for the end user um, who's not worried about like that data architecture or mapping or anything like that can just kind of see that really clearly and intuitively without having to like work through and build their own concept of what their things are. Um, so that makes sense. Yeah. yeah. So anyway, uh, yeah, you asked me to explain the terminology and I just talked for like 10 minutes about nothing. Uh, <laughs> structured data is terminology, but what yeah. about blocks and templates? And all right, right. So, so, uh, Gutenberg's core is like made up of this, this system of blocks, um, and, uh, it's a new word, but anybody who's been using WordPress for a long time, um, will, will kind of, uh, see short codes as more, uh, I mean, see blocks as a more visual version of say a short code or a widget. Um, if you've been using page builders, um, for example, in like uh, beaver builder and elementor, they call them modules. Um, and, uh, but they're essentially widgets. So just see like these little blocks of content. Um, and like I said, so this recipe card that I just talked about is an example of a block, but you also have blocks, which is a paragraph, right? Just paragraph text when you're just writing content. Headlines would be a block, which are like H1 through H6, various sizes of, um, you know, larger text for your headlines. Um, uh, I'm trying to think of some. Oh, so they, they also have uh, like embed blocks. So if you want to like, yeah. yeah, exactly. Like a YouTube video, a Vimeo video, uh, a video that you've just uploaded to your website natively as like an MP4 or .mov or something like that. Um, so there's all kinds of different blocks built into the core. Um, and those blocks can be used in various combinations to build out your website. So again, like if anybody's been using a page builder, you're familiar with this concept already. Um, it's just a different word for it, you know. Um, and then each block will also have um, settings. Uh, the paragraph block has settings for like setting a background color on it. So you can make like an info call out block or something like that. 
excuse me, with the regular paragraph. Um, and I think the core paragraph block also has like the, like in newspapers, you see that big, like, uh, I think they call it drop caps, where it's like the first letter of the paragraph is like three lines tall or something like that. So they've got an option for that. Um, so every block can also have its own set of options, depending on like what it's trying to accomplish. Um, so it's, again, it's pretty familiar. Um, it should be easy to use, uh, or it, it, rather it is really easy to use. And I, I think the average user who's used to using the WYSIWYG editor will see pretty much no difference. Uh, it's a different interface and it looks different. Um, but really what you get is just more power, you know, so it, it just like unlocks some new possibilities. Um, and, uh, so what does it mean for Lifter LMS? Yeah. So I, I'm really excited about this in Lifter LMS. Um, I'm, I'm really excited one, <laughs> maybe, maybe, uh, to a certain extent because it will reduce, um, some complexity and support responses. Um, but the very, so this is possibly a long answer. So you're ready yeah. for it. Cause I mean, there's a lot of background, um, to kind of understand why this is so powerful. But so with, with, with these blocks, um, we also now as developers have the ability to specify templates for uh, various post types. So a, uh, a pretty simple example of a template would be um, in a blog post, just you go to WordPress post, add new, um, more than likely, all you need is a title, and then a paragraph. So that's your template. It's really simple. It's just one paragraph block that's like, write your blog post here. That's it. So like that template is really simple. Um, but if you think to other, and again, this kind of gets into like data modeling and structured data. Um, WordPress has become much more than a blogging platform. So we've got posts and pages in the core, but if you're listening to this, you're creating courses or thinking about creating courses. And courses have a much larger um, set of parameters, concerns, pieces of data that you're, you, you're thinking about when you're creating your course. Um, and if we just look at the course page as like an object on the website, um, there's all sorts of data there, like all the metadata that we have in Lyft or LMS, like course difficulty, um, tracks, tags, categories, uh, expected length, instructor name, um, and, and, and role or position. Um, Syllabus. Uh, yeah, the syllabus, which is like the whole outline of the course, which uh, that gets into a very complicated data structure, because um, then all those things within the syllabus, the sections, the lessons, the quizzes, um, each one of those have their own titles and sets of metadata and things like that. Um, but if we're just literally looking at the course, like, yeah, we have that outline on there, the, the course syllabus on there. Um, so there's all these different pieces of data that have their place within the course. Um, and what we found is uh, the, the, the with the tools available to us today, pre-Gutenberg, and let's just say up until where we are today, these are really the only tools we still have available until Gutenberg is officially publicly released and stable. Um, we, we, we don't have the ability to make it really, really simple for users to customize the, the visual, the, the way that that structured data is output on the front end of their website. Um, so what's the easiest thing to do as, as developers? Um, so if you think of each one of those pieces as a short code, we do have a short code for each one of those things. Um, and uh, which is like how people with Elementor build a custom template. Right, right, right. Yeah. So if you're using Elementor, Beaver Builder, Offsprout, Divi, whatever, um, you've probably installed Lifter LMS and, and Lifter LMS together, like one, any one of those page builders plus Lifter LMS. Um, you've probably found out that um, you want to use Lifter LMS Labs Action Manager to remove all that default content that we have on there. Um, so if you think of each one of those things as a shortcode, they're not exactly shortcodes, but if you just think of them as a shortcode, um, the best experience for us as developers is to, or as product creators, really, it's not even so much developers, but just as people creating a product that thousands of people use and everybody has a different need, but we're just trying to figure out like what is the generally accepted 
uh, course layout, you know, on the front end. Um, so we've laid all those things out and we do that with code. So we've created this template with code, um, but there's all different layers of customization. If you're a developer and you're understand and you're familiar with actions and filters, you know that you can just go in there and with a line of code, you could easily rearrange that template, just a few lines of code. The action manager lets you remove all that content um, with just checkboxes instead of having to write code to do so. Uh, and there's nothing wrong with not being a developer. The average user is not a developer and doesn't know what an action is, and it doesn't matter. But that's the tools that we as developers have available to us today to output all that custom content that we've added to WordPress. Because that doesn't come in WordPress. It comes in Lifter LMS. Um, and we want you to be able to see your course outline. Um, but if we build options for all of that stuff, then we need to make more database calls and we slow down your website to allow you to customize the layout of your course. So we do it with the hooks because it's more performant. Um, and it is easy to customize, but again, you need to be a developer to do so. So we build a plugin for non-developers to the action manager if you're trying to do it, but by on your own. Right, right. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Um, and I mean, I'll be real with you. If you're using Lifter LMS Labs Action Matter, it adds 20 to 25 additional database calls to each one of your course page loads. Which and, is why we put it in a separate plugin. Yeah, yeah. It's not ideal. Yeah. It's not ideal, but it does get the job done. Um, and uh, so, okay. So what happens with Gutenberg now? Um, so, oh, and well, and then the reason and you'd want to remove those things because if you're using a page builder, you want to control the layout of your course. And you're going to do that with the modules that we built for Beaver Builder, uh, widgets and Elementor, short codes if you're using Divi, so on and so forth. And then you could build your custom layout. You could save it as like a save template in Divi or, or Beaver Builder or whatever um, in the page builder of your choice. Uh, and then you could load that up on each one of your courses. You're good to go. You've decided how your structured data is presented and you're happy. There's a couple extra steps, but you do that at the, the front end and then you're good to go in the future. Um, but what if you're not using a page builder, right? So like, that's my frustration as a developer is that I don't want to have to tell everybody in the world, like, oh, if you want to customize your layout, you've got to go install these two other plugins to do so. But at the same time, to build it to be 100% customizable means a lot of other settings, you know? And it would mean that we'd have to build a page builder into Lifter LMS to allow you to do that, you know? Um, and it's just, you know, we do a lot of things, but we can't do everything. We're not going to build a page builder into Lifter LMS. They already exist. They do a great job. There's there's a half dozen of them that are great, you know. So there's no reason for us to build that into our plugin. But at the end of the day, I hate when somebody emails me and they say, hey, I want to customize this. And I have to say, well, you could be a developer and do it this way. Or you can install this other plugin and do it this way. But then if you do that, you're also going to have to install this other plugin on top of it. It's just complicated. You know, it's not great. So why am I stoked about Gutenberg? I'm stoked about Gutenberg because Gutenberg now provides us with a way to customize the template of every custom post type. Of course, is a custom post type. So that if we roll all the way back to 15 minutes ago when I talked about blog posts and just having that paragraph as their template, um, with a course, we now have all these different blocks which make up each one of those things. So again, each one of those short codes, as an example, like the course progress bar, or uh, course metadata, which is like tags and categories and things like that. Each one of those becomes a block, which you can now drag over. But if we build a predefined template, um, if you don't want the instructor's thing, and we get that request all the time. Some people really want their instructor information displayed, and some people don't. It's like a polarizing thing. You either love it or you hate it. Um, and maybe that's an argument for us just building a setting, but we haven't. So anyway, uh, you just hit the little trash icon on the block and it's gone. And then you can save that as a pre-built layout in Gutenberg. And then later, uh, when you create another course, you just load your pre-built layout and you're good to go. Um, so all of the stuff that right now we need to do with 
essentially two different plugins or some code will be natively possible in WordPress. And now if you're a page builder guy or, or girl um, and you're used to the page builders, you're probably just going to keep doing it exactly as is. It, yeah, there's nothing wrong with it. And um, I mean, I think Gutenberg is great, but I, I don't think it solves all the problems. And I'm not... This phase one of Gutenberg. I think we're going to see Gutenberg evolve and... We haven't even hit 1.0 yet. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So there's still like, if I roll all the way back, and maybe this is just semantic and doesn't really matter for the, the sake of this discussion, but we're still abstracting the data. So you still need to do a mental translation from what you see on the back end with Gutenberg to what happens with your theme on the front end. It's a step in the right direction. We're not all the way there. But if anybody's listened to Matt talk about the future of Gutenberg, like this is not its final form and we have a lot more work to do and we're going to see a lot more... Uh, we're going to see Gutenberg evolve um, and 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 be drastically different in a year than it is today, than it's going to be on the 19th. Um, so this is just phase one. So we're not 100% there. So I think for the, the time being, people that are really, really happy with page builders are going to continue to use page builders and Gutenberg isn't really going to change their life much at all. But um, for our brand new user who's maybe not really great at WordPress or doesn't know WordPress that well, all these tools that you can get with two other plugins are going to get out of the box with Gutenberg. Um, and I'm, I'm, I'm personally really excited about it because it's going to, um, you know, my, my struggle is always, if you've ever talked to me, you've probably requested a feature and I've probably talked through it with you and ultimately told you, no, sorry, you know, uh, and it's nothing personal. It's just that we get hundreds and thousands of feature requests and there's only so many things we can build. And, uh, you know, every course is going to be unique based on the needs of the course creator. Um, and there's not necessarily a right or wrong way to do it, but we need to just kind of determine like what is the most general approach that is going to keep the most amount of people happy out of the box with little, little configuration, while also considering that we don't want to build a plugin that has so many options that one, it overwhelms, and two, it overwhelms your server with too many database calls and being unperformant or, yeah, unperformant is a word. So... I don't know. I'm really excited. I think it's going to change a lot of things. And I know some people are nervous about Gutenberg, but realistically, if like you're nervous about it, um, go to poopy.life, install the Gutenberg plugin, and just check out what what happens. Poopy.life is a uh, it's a free service for spooling up temporary WordPress installations. It takes 30 seconds. You can install Gutenberg. You can install Lifter LMS, and you can kind of play with play around with it. And then once you see how it works, you can disappear and leave that site alone, and it'll disappear. You know. Um, so uh, I, I think there's a lot of uh, you know you just got to kind of dive in, get your feet wet. Um, but I'm excited. I'm, I'm excited for all of us. I'm excited for the course creators. Um, I'm excited for WordPress because uh, I won't dive too much into like what, what they're already talking about for the future. But um, I, I'm really excited to see what happens in phase two, phase three of Gutenberg. Um, so for us initially, what you'll see is some like templates. Uh, we're going to modify the way Lifter LMS works right now. But again, you're not really going to have to do anything on your end. If you're using the action manager, you're going to be able to stop using the action manager. Um, and, you know, rely just on Gutenberg templates. Um, and uh, there's also some performance increases that are going to happen as a result of this, too, because of the way Gutenberg loads and saves data. Um, there's a smaller, this gets maybe, I don't know, whatever. Um, there's, there's less of a reliance on the post meta table, um, which ends up in WordPress kind of just becoming a, a massive table. Um, and uh, the bigger a table it is, the slower it is to read from. So, um, so because of the way Gutenberg is saving data now, it's a little bit more performant. Uh, I guess you could actually argue a lot more performant depending on the scale of the site. Um, so that's really cool. Um, and some of the stuff that happens in Gutenberg too, um, the, the HTML that's actually seen or, or rendered is generated during the saves on the ad admin panel. Um, 
uh, as opposed to on the front end uh, when your end user loads. So it's kind of got like a, a small bit of built-in caching already uh, or page caching. So that's pretty cool. Um, and uh, uh, and not every block works that way, but some do, a lot do. Um, but I don't know. It's it's really exciting. Uh, and you know, the the other cool thing that we're, we're looking at that we can do with page builders right now um, is uh, um, conditionally displaying page builder modules based on enrollment. Um, cool. Yeah, it's it's really really cool. Um, so I I think it might actually be somewhat of an underused feature because it's like it's not something we really advertise that well. Uh, or I don't know, maybe we do. You you do the advertising. I sometimes don't know what we're talking, what we're telling you. You can and can't do. Um, I found a feature the other day that I didn't. I don't remember building, uh, and I told Chris about it. He's like, "Oh, cool, you could do that." And I was like, "Yeah, I don't remember building it though." So I, that that kind of stuff happens sometimes. But uh, ping us if you want to know about that secret feature that we neither of us knew about. Uh, and if you do know about it. Uh, I don't know. I'll send you a sticker or something. Um, <laughs> but anyway, uh, what was I saying? Um, just displaying blocks conditionally. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, one of the things, I, I haven't 100% figured it out yet. I've got two weeks. We're on the, we're on the clock here. But um, what I would like to do, and we might not do day one, but we will do at some point, is uh, extend blocks uh, all blocks, not only our blocks, but just blocks in general. So like the paragraph block from, block from core, or if you've got another plugin like WooCommerce that has like a product block or something like that, extending all of those blocks so that you can say show any block conditionally based on enrollment. So you could say like show this paragraph if they're enrolled, um, show this paragraph if they're not enrolled, you know, or something like that um, based on courses or memberships and things like that. So I think that's going to be really exciting. That's going to um, be, you know, again, within Lyft LMS content, but also outside in the greater site where you can have like content upgrades um, for not enrolled users to try to get them into your course on a blog post or something like that. Or if they are a member of this, maybe there's some bonus content in the blog post. Um, so there's a lot of possibilities that we're going to be able to open up outside of Lifter LMS just based on, you know, data available to us within Lifter LMS. So, yeah. That's fantastic. Thank yeah. you, Thomas. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So if, hopefully if you're like confused or just don't quite understand what Gutenberg is and why it's coming, hopefully this helps. And uh, if you're scared of it, please don't be. And just know that if you're looking for a WordPress LMS, a learning management system, an online course platform for your WordPress website, or you're doing some kind of training-based membership site, uh, Lifter LMS and Gutenberg are going to work great together. We're going to innovate together and uh, ultimately just help, help provide you with great tools to build your course or your online school or your training-based membership site or coaching program. So thanks for coming on the show, Thomas. I've got one more thing. Thank you. Uh, the other thing I want to say, too, is that we're developing all this very publicly. Um, I mean, we're an open source product um, or plugin. And uh, so all the, if you are using Gutenberg and you're interested in what we're doing, we've got a functioning version of some of these Gutenberg features. It's called Lifter LMS Blocks. Um, I haven't put it up like for public consumption because Gutenberg isn't really public yet. So neither is this this product with plugin. Um it's free and it will be free. Like this is going to get rolled into the Lifter LMS core upon the release of 5.0 um, or earlier, possibly. Um, but if you're if you're already using Gutenberg, um, Gutenberg's so new. I mean, a lot, a lot, we've been hearing about it for two years, but uh, or I don't know, maybe a year and a half, whatever the timeline's been. I don't know, but um, but a lot of us aren't using it yet. I mean, I've been running the plugin for six or eight months, but just kind of been 
passively observing what's going on. Um, I'm not using it in production. But if you're if you're doing the same thing as I am, like we we just don't know how this is really going to be used yet. You know um, what the reaction is going to be. We've had a lot of developers and a lot of um, you know advocates of various things working on this and it's a big project that has not been developed alone you know what i mean it's been gutenberg itself has been developed publicly but um there's so many possibilities here um and i guess all i'm trying to say is like if you're already involved in this in some capacity like reach out to us and let us know like what you're using if you want to check out the blocks plugin uh, maybe this is your introduction to gutenberg and you're like oh i haven't heard anything about this which is totally fine because i think there's a lot of drama that like nobody really cares about and at the end of the day isn't going to affect many people's lives um, and maybe this is the first you're hearing of it, like go check it out, check out our blocks plugin. Uh, and if you have any feedback, like hit us up and let us know. Um, you can find me on Slack. Um, you can submit support tickets if you're a customer, you can post in the forms. If you're just using WordPress, uh, Lyft LMS for free. Uh, we, we just want to hear from you. We want to hear like what you're excited about with Gutenberg, what you're planning on doing in Gutenberg. Uh, if you have any questions, we're here to help, you know? So, um, I don't know. I'm just, uh, we, we've been do, trying to do more and more things with the community as far as how we're developing and co-creating things. Um, and this is a great opportunity. We're, we're on a s- tight timeline here. So just because you have some feedback doesn't mean we're going to implement it, but we want to hear it. Um, and we want to know what you're thinking. So yeah, let us know. Awesome. Well, thank you, Thomas. And um, yeah, if you're looking for a WordPress LMS that's Gutenberg compatible and you haven't heard of Lifter yet, check out Lifter LMS and our community is what we hear people. One of the things they really love about the Lifter LMS product and brand, we've got a Facebook group, Slack community, um, even a office hours mastermind for our infinity bundle customers. We're all about community and we're all about focusing uh, on the needs of our, our community and our customers. So uh, any feedback is always welcome. Have a great day. Thank you. And that's a wrap for this episode of LMS Cast. I'm your guide, Chris Badgett. I hope you enjoyed the show. This show was brought to you by Lifter LMS, the number one tool for creating, selling, and protecting engaging online courses to help you get more revenue, freedom, and impact in your life. Head on over to lifterlms.com and get the best gear for your course creator journey. Let's build the most engaging results getting courses on the internet.